Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We're ready. Ready to work. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. Aloha. I'm Lynn Kawano. A handful of Honolulu police officers have come forward to speak out about a commander, Acting Assistant Chief Stephen Girona. He is one of the highest-ranking officers in the department, and his promotions have come despite dozens of complaints and lawsuits that have already cost taxpayers $1.6 million. He was named in those lawsuits against the department, and there is another pending lawsuit filed by HPD Detective Maile Rego. When you speak up and claim discrimination, it's a guarantee retaliation will happen. In episode 11 of The Other Side of Paradise, the 16-year police veteran explains some of the reasons behind her decision to file a claim. It was my only route. I turned to every internal mechanism in my department and the city and county and I got nowhere. I'm aware that no witnesses that I identified were interviewed by HRD and that is their job. I didn't believe I was going to get justice from HRD. HRD is the police department's human resources division, where she had a complaint. Detective Rago also filed with the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. She says she is being targeted by Girona and some commanders who work directly under him. So I want to make it clear that the vast majority of HPD, they're good, good, good men and women, wonderful leadership, but it just so happens that the handful of, I'll label it bad apples, they have too much authority, too much control, and those good leaders with good integrity and values, they can't lead. They're in an impossible situation where if you speak up, this is what happens to you. I was made an example of. So I don't blame people for not wanting to talk up. Look what happened to me. Regal says she faced harassment and retaliation for speaking out about how the department deals with missing juveniles. The child abuse detective says she challenged decisions made by others and that got her in trouble. My detail is broad. It involves custodials, anything having to do with crimes against a child, um, with the exception of sexual assault. And there was a family that was desperate because although their daughter voluntarily ran away, it was really obvious that she couldn't voluntarily return home. And at that point, I didn't believe it was just a runaway. 
Detective Regal wanted that teen's case reclassified from a runaway to a missing person so that it would have a higher priority. The higher-ups apparently disagreed and didn't like her questioning them. My lieutenant and I really believe that it was classified wrong. And I believe that is the beginning of the rift. Although a runaway is basically a voluntary missing, that doesn't necessarily mean that this young adult, this juvenile, can go home. They may have gotten themselves in a situation where they want to go home, but they're not. And that becomes a higher threat level. That, to me, is a missing person. A runaway is a voluntary a juvenile leaving without their consent of their parent or legal guardian. And some of them, they are, I hate to say just runaways, but that's what they are. They have a disagreement with their parents, the guardian, and they come back eventually. But there's a small fraction that don't fit into that category. And these are the, the children, and I say children, 17 years old and younger, that don't have a family to go to. And I believe they aren't given a proper investigation, and they're the ones that have nowhere to go. They need help, but nobody's looking for them. The parent that usually reports a runaway is actively looking. A foster child has no parent that's looking for them, and it turns into a matter of survival. And along with that comes other ungodful things that they have to do for survival. And I don't believe that's a runaway. I believe that's something that we as a department failed, because if that was our family member, we would want extra resources for that person. I'm the one that talks to the parents. I'm the one that tries to calm a mom that's hysterical. And after that first encounter, it just, I questioned authority and it just went downhill from that. And when Kaitana happened, I think it was just everything that was boiling erupted. She questioned authority again on a high-profile baby murder case. Kitana Ankaw, the 18-month-old who was dropped off with her father, Travis Rodriguez, a convicted felon with a violent pass. The girl was reported missing in February. Rego was not assigned the case, but as a child abuse detective trained at both the state and federal levels, she started looking into it. It's my professional opinion that we failed. There should have been an Amber Alert. When you can't find a vulnerable 18-month-old, somewhere common sense needs to kick in and say, all hands on deck. Treat it as if this was your daughter. And that didn't happen. A report was made by patrol on February 10th, and I believe patrol did an amazing job. It's the follow-up that failed. Um, take it on its very basic stats. It's an 18-month-old, unable to protect herself. She cannot be located. On February 10th, the investigation should have been very intense. Any agency should have been welcomed with open arms. I believe the probability of finding her body is much higher, and the family would have some peace. I was told the FBI offered a lot of assistance on that case. Were they turned away? I can confirm 
that a lot of federal resources were given on multiple occasions, and these resources were resources and technology that we didn't have, and it was declined. We were 48 hours behind the ball, but even if they accepted help at that point, I think it's likely that we would maybe had a better chance of finding her remains. Again, this is my personal opinion. There is no relationship between HPD and our federal partners, and you have to look at the leadership. When did that start? I believe it started in January. January was when Major Stephen Girona took over at the Criminal Investigations Division, or CID, the division that includes the Child Abuse Unit, Robbery, Homicide, and Sex Assault, to name some. Girona has a history of issues. He was fired decades ago, but got his job back. He was part of a lawsuit that cost city taxpayers $1.1 million and another lawsuit that settled in 2019 that cost taxpayers $500,000. He has about a dozen EEOC complaints for creating a hostile work environment, retaliation, and sexual harassment among the allegations. But he's still the major over CID. In fact, he was given a temporary promotion to acting assistant chief. I'm afraid of him. You know, him coming to the division, knowing his reputation, it's intimidating. And it's especially intimidating knowing if you speak up, nothing will be done. So when all of this happened, it wasn't surprising. It's a pattern. And now that I'm in the thick of it, I've learned that this is a pattern that's been going on for more than three decades. Everywhere he goes, discrimination and retaliation follows him. And it's well documented. Before Girona was reassigned to CID in January, he was the major over District 3, which runs out of the Pearl City substation. He was moved because of complaints from District 3 officers. In the first six months at CID, under his leadership, the department confirms 29 detectives asked to transfer out of CID, while only six requested to transfer in. He's a terror. Everywhere he goes, a wrath of terror follows him. A lot of casualties. And I don't like talking negatively about HPD. It's a very small group, but this small group are in positions of power and authority. And there are good leadership and wonderful people, amazing people with integrity by themselves, but then they're good officers because of that. But I'm one of them. I understand why you wouldn't want to speak up. Detective Regal has been on leave since March. She's now run out of paid time off, so she's on unpaid leave. The department has provided her options. One of them, she can return to work, but under Girona. Another option, transfer out of CID and give up her experience and training in working child abuse cases. She's extraordinarily passionate about her work um, to the point where I have to pull her back sometimes 
um, because she just wants to leap forward and her heart is in the right place. That's Detective Rago's lieutenant, her supervisor, who backed her against command. Lieutenant Mark Matsusaka says he then also faced retaliation. He too has an EEOC complaint out. Matsusaka says keeping Major Steven Girona at CID will have an impact on public safety. In the long term, you're losing experience, um, trained personnel that are really good at their job, and it's going to affect criminal investigations, it's going to affect prosecution of the cases, um, the disposition of the cases, and unfortunately, that in turn is going to lead to probable higher crime rates. Several other HPD officers have spoken out about Acting Chief Stephen Girona. They too say retaliation followed. Girona and former Chief Susan Ballard were police academy classmates, and many say they were very protective of each other. Ballard retired earlier this year, but it seems the interim leadership continues to stand behind him despite all the complaints and lawsuits. I did reach out to the Honolulu Police Department several times, offering them a chance to respond and offering Girona the opportunity as well. In a statement, a spokesperson confirmed they are aware of the complaints, saying that they are cooperating with the EEOC investigations but cannot comment further due to the confidential nature of the complaints. That's episode 11 of The Other Side of Paradise. Mahalo for listening. I'm Lynn Kawano.